Well, thanks so much, George, for, for joining me today. Uh, super excited we finally get to do this. Really talk about a space that, that I'm passionate about. I think I think much of the world is, is passionate about or, or researching about or finding things out about, getting educated about. And obviously that's the world of sort of crypto and you know modern sort of transactions in, in this day of age where we're kind of taking this complete transition from you know paper money and, e- and even cards now to phones, right? Or digital wallets essentially being the way we move around the world. Uh, but before we go into what Nano is, let's talk about your journey a little bit and your journey into crypto and maybe your journey to get to Nano. Absolutely. Well, thank you so very much for having me on. An incredibly exciting opportunity. So a little bit about my journey. So I am George Coxon, uh, director of the Nano Foundation. I'm also director of Appia, an advisor to the Global Blockchain Initiative. So I've been with uh, the Nano Foundation for four years now and been kind of leading it for the last two alongside Nano's co-founder, um, sorry, founder and Colin Mayhew, um, who co-directs with me. So I actually, my journey into crypto is, is one, one of the stranger, um, I think, pathways, <laughs> um, to be honest. I studied evolutionary anthropology at university and so I've always been fascinated with behaviors and communities and societies and what underpins certain behaviors across different parts of the world and through kind of various different jobs in my past um, whether that was in digital advertising and being kind of a senior account manager for companies such as Greenpeace you know BBC iPlayer and various other kind of um, large organizations like that moved into nano and the crypto space I initially was brought in I was a, an early faucet user my brother was one of the very very early developers um, when nano was called Rayblox many moons ago and I you know was shown our, our capture faucet which I'm sure I will go into in a little bit more detail further on and I didn't know what digital money was I didn't really understand cryptocurrency and the huge potential that it has to actually tangibly change the world for better. And so started my journey kind of in, in operations and partnerships at Nano and over the last four years have kind of worked my way up to, to now being director, which is an incredible privilege. But um, yes, we have a wonderful team kind of behind us. And those really are kind of the guys that are creating the magic, you know, our developers and our community um, together, which is something that's pretty special, I think, um, in the world today. Yeah, you said something there, how crypto can sort of impact the world, right, and, and change a lot of the, the dynamics of a lot of things. And I think when we we see, you know, crypto in the headlines, it's a lot of, not necessarily like a negative press, but yeah. a lot, I mean, there are some absolutely negative press, obviously, but then we see the use cases around crypto being NFTs, right, and sort of this yeah. digital art and these things that don't really connect, I think, with uh you know, the mass amount of people and, and show the, the tangible products or the tangible things that can be built, you know, on top of, you know, blockchain, crypto, all the things that it can do, it doesn't get shown, it just gets shown as like an asset class, right, as a currency or as a, a board ape, right, the, these digital arts, I guess, talk about how can, you know, crypto change the, change the world from your perspective, and what yeah. you're trying to build at Nano. Definitely. So, I mean, I, I'm in kind of the camp of believing that I think the crypto world slightly lost its way um, with yeah. um, the utility and kind of not heralding utility really at the forefront of this, you know, crazy speculative market that we have. I mean, in our minds, you know, there are 2.5 billion people in the world that do not have, you know, do not have an address and therefore do not have access to the banking systems that, you know, we take so for granted here in the Western mm-hmm. world. Right. And so, you know, what Nano fixes is exact problem. Through Nano, every single person in the world can be their own bank if they have a smartphone and an internet connection, and that's it. Um, so we are really trying to democratize the global economy for everyone 
in a decentralized fashion and giving the people, especially in emerging markets and emerging economies, their much needed right over their own money, you know, for the first time. So, you know, Nano is currently the world's most efficient decentralized currency. So with zero fees, network settlements, an average of 0.2 seconds and a carbon negligible footprint. And that really is, you know, the those three kind of the trifecta of what digital money in our minds should be, especially on the sustainability front. You know, we have a lot of technology that is around today and, you know, being heralded such as Bitcoin and various others that are not looking to a sustainable future. And that really is something that I think as a global force, we must put at the forefront of what we are trying to do and what we're trying to create. I think the, the focus on being just transactional, yeah, right, is sort of a difference from other, you know, cryptocurrencies, exactly. whether it's yeah. you know, Ethereum, Bitcoin. So it, there's, there's obviously, look, there's hundreds and thousands of cryptos out there. And the major ones that everybody know, I think the idea that they're, they're sort of a you know, a transaction based, like send you money, send me money. That's kind of not what they've become. They've become much more platforms, yeah. which I think is, is, is definitely different. And that's probably taken away from the three pills that you talked about with Nano, the zero fees, eco-friendly part of it. It's, it's much different than, than what others are trying to do. I guess yeah. let's talk about a little bit about that focus. And if that is going to be, you know, the focus for, for a while, right. Or will that always be the sole focus of being, just digital currency rather than trying to build these different rails, I guess, on top of the nano platform. Absolutely. So yeah, so with nano, we are trying to be a pure global currency and to be the most efficient global currency at that. Now, I, you know, to the rest of the market and to the sector, being a pure peer-to-peer -peer digital currency is not that exciting. You know, that's not where you <laughs> right. make huge amounts of money, um, you know, by investment. It's, we have a slightly different angle where we're truly thinking about utility, you know, in the real world and about those 2.5 billion people that do not have an address and therefore access to the banking system with kind of the larger and you know more well-known kind of current cryptocurrencies you know ethereum and those those larger platforms you know they are monolithic <clears throat> to an extent in that you have to build on top of this central mm -hmm. platform now with nano the beauty of nano is truly its peer-to-peer -peer side that you can have a nano wallet and you can send which is a free to download um, and you can send nano anywhere in the world person to person without a middleman and that really is kind of i think the crux of, of changing the global markets is by giving the right and the power to the everyday person to be included in the global economy you know those 2.5 billion people that i mentioned before can you imagine the huge amount of kind of innovation right uh, that would happen if they were to be able to partake in in the economy and i think that's you know a really kind of important point to make is that we and nano were all about fixing a real world problem and not creating a solution to a problem that doesn't really exist and you know a cryptocurrency in itself originally was designed to bank the unbanked and i think this mm. is where the space has slightly lost its way to its designed purpose and kind of losing that huge potential to empower so many people on such a global scale. You know, we have this kind of specter of a wild west of a mess, um, kind of where utility is not at the forefront and greed is. 
Um, and that's something that, you know, we are really kind of trying to change is Nano and the ethos behind Nano is all about altruism. It's about sharing, it's about democratizing the global economy and sharing passion and, and this right that I think is so needed, this tool that can be used. I mean, on top of that, the beauty of Nano is that, yes, it is a currency, but it's also a tool to be used when and, and if you need it. You know, in the Western world, we're, we're spoilt with remittance options and competitive mm fees and therefore nano is a nice to have option or a choice in emerging markets nano is a necessity it's fixing a real world problem which is banking accessibility extortionate fees huge settlement delays and risk so you know therefore despite being a single technology nano is here to be used globally in whatever way works for you so whatever money touches nano could also do but in a decentralized feeless and green <laughs> way and it's just really as simple as that it's, it's you know nano is just digital cash which yep. is really exciting yeah it's super it's super exciting and interesting and the one thing with digital cash is and really any i guess crypto is is the power is in its network and its yep. community because you mentioned peer-to-peer -peer, right and the ability to kind of send back and forth um very quickly no cost, very powerful. I, I want to kind of talk about how do we, or, or how do Nano is thinking about this and, you know, maybe what's the philosophy been to get it within the supply chain? Because I think once this happens, then I think we see real sort of change, real innovation and impact in a lot of parts of the world is, you know, how can you pay, you know, at a fruit stand or, you know, for a coffee or for whatever it may be, a small business owner accepts it, he or she has to go up in the supply chain to pay, you know, their suppliers, right? Yeah. So like, how, how do we get, to me, this is sort of the next level where it seems like you've solved, you know, peer to peer at, at scale. How do we, how do we take that from up the supply chain to where we can get businesses more involved, small businesses, particularly? Absolutely. And I think this is one of the things that, you know, the whole sector is really facing, especially nano with, you know, utility at the forefront. One of the, I think, really important notions behind nano that really set our ethos up, um, which is as we have now, is, is our distribution method. And that really kind of started this rolling adoption and use and small businesses uh, kind of starting to use nano. Obviously, I'd like to make very clear that we are in the very early embryonic stages of digital money. And there's a lot sure. of work to be oh, yeah. and you know this is, is such an exciting starting point but so how we distribute nano i mean i think it's a it's a huge problem and question for any new currency um <laughs> how do you get that in, into the hands of, of people and where icos in our minds only benefit those with capital and that really is the antithesis of why cryptocurrency was designed so what we did is we created a website and we called it the faucet and anyone and everyone could come online and complete google captures and they were awarded in nano formally rayblox um, i think at the time we were taking up 11 percent of google google's uh, capture data um wow over the past few years, um, it was 2015, 2017, which is pretty nuts. But this method, basically, it benefited those people in the world that had the most time and their time was valued the least on a mm. global scale. So that really put, you know, utility at the forefront of, of Nano's distribution and allowing completely organic growth through emerging economies because people were earning more through the faucet and by solving captures than you know their local daily wage or weekly wage um, in an emerging economy through that organic distribution that's how we started this process of of getting nano out into the world but into the 
places in the world that really matter, these places that it's a necessity and not just a nice to have. Now, from that point, there then becomes this huge challenge, which is the chicken and egg situation. Mm -hmm. How do you get merchants to to accept (laughs) nano or cryptocurrencies if the users don't, you know, have that to spend? Now, cryptocurrency is only less than 1% of the global economy. So despite the fact that it is all over the media, Mm -hmm. you know, when it actually comes down to the word adoption, I do think there is a huge dissonance really between actually what is meant and what is happening and this there you know therein lies this problem this chicken egg problem so what we are doing at nano foundation and what our our huge and wonderfully active community are doing kind of on the ground in the local communities is firstly going to speak with small businesses and showing that you know through accepting nano not only will you be able to cut your overheads your credit card charges mm-hmm. you know up to five percent per transaction if you're a small business that's a huge amount every time that's taken out you know of your profits um you also have you know the expanse of being able to have a brand new incredibly active and passionate community now Mm -hmm. using your service which is wonderful and that's kind of the process we've started on the nano foundation side you know we are working very closely with large businesses that have problems, whether that is paying people in multiple different countries and eating up huge FX costs, whether it's working with FX companies themselves. We are also working with a very wonderful company called Flowhub um, out in the US. They are, and this is a great example, they are an accounting software, the leading kind of accounting software platform behind all the legal cannabis dispensaries in the Mm -hmm. US. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, due to cannabis being illegal on federal law, despite being legal in so many states, their big issue is is cross-state payments and therefore aren't able to accept credit cards. It has not been possible to ever pay for cannabis in person in dispensary with a credit card directly. And so, you know, what we are exploring and, and, you know, our work in the Flow Hub is using Nano to be able to overcome that issue that they currently face um, due to Nano's cross-border, you know, facets, its speed and its fearlessness. And that is something that's really exciting because you are fixing a problem that that company or business faces. And therefore, obviously, if you provide a solution, it's very hard to then go back. You have a steady stream of use and of volume um, in a sector that that obviously faces a huge amount of banking infrastructure issues. So, you know, it's, it's a really exciting, very early stage that I think, you know, cryptocurrency as a whole, but nano, especially, we're now really ramping up this, these working very closely with companies that, that are facing issues we never as a foundation we are we never force nano upon anyone because it's really there to be a solution if the problem is if there is a real problem to be fixed if that kind of makes sense you know where real longevity comes from in our mind is as i say fixing a real world problem and therefore will kind of secure the future of nano's use by that by that mechanism I want to talk a little bit about the eco side of things. Yes. I know there's there's sort of a, a a lot of articles or just a lot of information coming out around sort of the the impact on energy use for really just cryptocurrency as a sector in general, whether it's mining, whether it's minting. There's solutions coming out now where you can, you know, offset these mining and minting yep. procedures. And and so, you know, as the industry grows and we see the issues, there's kind of solutions coming in for, for this side of things, right? But gi- I guess give us a maybe a little bit of a education here. And I guess like, what is the difference between, you know, let's paint Ethereum, Solana, 
whatever it may be versus nano from a, I guess, an eco point of view? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it's, it's such a important, I think, conversation to have. Um, and I'm very, very glad you brought it up. So nano is, is known as the, the green coin. We have proven that mining is unnecessary to reach a network consensus. And there are, there are other projects that have done so as well. Um, but, you know, nano has an energy footprint for one transaction. So that is 0.00012 kilowatt hours. Um, and the whole network could run theoretically off a single wind turbine. Um, to <laughs> Put that into perspective, that is 15.5 million nanotransactions using the same energy as one single Bitcoin transaction. And we truly believe that, you know, to be able to create new technology today with this climate crisis, I think, you know, upon the whole world, it is a humanitarian global issue. Um, we must make sure that, you know, these, these issues are at the forefront of being discussed. Um, a lot of the arguments that we're seeing kind of in the media, and I think, you know, those defending Bitcoin and its energy consumption um, which, just so you know, is currently on average 1,726.5 um, kilowatt hours. But the argument really here is it's not about who is right or wrong. It's a fundamentally about progress and innovation. And if a better solution is available, it, you use it. And that has always kind of been the case with technological progress progression kind of through the ages I do think you know if people took off their rose tinted glasses when it came to personal investments the facts show that Bitcoin's right. energy consumption just is unsustainable and it's kind of as simple as that and as you so rightly said you know the arguments around the consumption for the Bitcoin network revolve around statements such as well it uses renewable energy so it's fine or it's fine because the energy being used has already been created however I mean I truly believe that's a positive feedback loop of support and misguidance that you know is being created and it's not so much that the defense statements themselves are factually incorrect it, it just doesn't matter um, in my mind my point is that if there's a technology that has burst into the scene whether that's cryptocurrency or not that is not looking towards an energy sustainable future of the world then more innovation needs to happen to make it so and that's why we're seeing in the crypto market you know a move towards proof of stake is indeed kind of needed and great to see however it can go one step further and that's really when nano is to this day. I think, you know, a really good way of putting it to perspective is if, you know, Bitcoin were a run-on-the-mill company and um, and no one, you know, had an investment as, you know, so many do today, would we all be kind of defending its energy consumption against green alternatives? And I think the answer is no. I think we'd all be kind of, you know, along the sides of Shell, picketing outside their offices going, you know, you need to come up with something that is looking towards a more sustainable future. I do think there's also kind of a large dissonance and you know this greenwashing that is happening especially in the crypto space you have various coins and you know companies that are saying that they are green however the cpu power needed is x and y and actually that completely counteracts what they're what they're saying i think it's kind of important to also make clear that you know the cryptocurrency firms and there are a lot of them that support and facilitate non-sustainable technologies yet have their tagline which i think mm. is so overused, bank the unbanked. Although you have a key <laughs> right. providing banking, you know, for those in emerging economies, it's really those people that you're trying to help that will feel the largest brunt of climate change and responsibility mm -hmm. yeah. to not using or facilitating greener solutions must be taken um, because it's incredibly hypocritical, you know, in that in that realm. We must we must look towards sustainable, you know, to a sustainable future. And also, digital money just should not cost the earth in any way. If it is, then we're doing something wrong.
so it's quite a, a hard stance in it all but I, I do think that you know, <laughs> we are we're in the midst of a crisis this climate crisis and it's 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 upon us it's not this dystopian future it is here today um and it's something that we all need to band together to tackle i want to kind of stay here for for one second because yeah. there's there's so there's so many <laughs> tentacles of it right because i think what i guess what we're, we're talking about here is i guess like transactions are one thing right yeah. and that is sort of like you said like something like nano seems to be like a very obvious choice for that right for sort of specific transactional methods and, and just that sector of figuring out digital money scalable mm. sustainable this this seems to be like it's kind of already here right yeah. and when you see when you look at like ethereum or say let's say bitcoin ethereum the you know two biggest ones right now and they're like, like we said before, they're less about transactions than trying to build out essentially like different country, like different company structures around certain things, right? So like, like Stacks, for example, I mm -hmm. believe is built on the Bitcoin protocol and is using city coins, right? They're creating the city coin idea where you can essentially, what they're doing in Miami with city coin and the, the utopian idea, right? What, what Mayor Francis says is that, you know, it could be possible that citizens don't have to pay taxes, right? Or taxes can be really, really, really reduced, right? Mm -hmm. Through through this mechanism of, of what CityCoin can do. And so I, I get arguments from both sides, like some things about Bitcoin are not sustainable, right? And some things about Ethereum are not sustainable. But the idea that this, something like this can be created, right? From the Bitcoin protocol, which is, is, is separate from like the digital transaction space, right? Like that's, I think what we what we what we said earlier were these big platforms kind of got away from being they know they cannot be what nano can be right they they're from the digital transaction point of view mm. but i think if the focus on the rails and building out different forms of ways local governments can interact with taxpayers and taxpayers can actually get a return from good decisions that local government make that does seem to be a very positive thing for the people that that affects Right. Yeah. So I can see both sides. I, say, I can so, see both sides being right in, in both in some ways. Yeah, I haven't seen I, I have to say it, you know, to be honest, I, I don't know much about CityCoin. Um, mm. um and I will definitely look into it. But yeah, yeah, that's cool. But then again, it is a layer two. And this is right. kind of I think that the issue is if we are building on top of a broken foundational house, you know, you don't build a house with, with broken foundations and build stacks of technology in a monolith fashion on top of something that actually isn't quite fit for purpose and mm -hmm. despite you know I, I can see you know your side but I do despite kind of our view I guess on Bitcoin not being used as a transfer or a transactional currency but it is and that's right. the problem I see um, yeah so no very true El Salvador you know using Bitcoin as legal tender and it's not fit for purpose to be a currency. Right. You know, you have custodial wallets and other complicated solutions, and then there comes yep. the Lightning Network. However, because that's a layer two, you know, various different things that both parties of the Lightning Network, to make a transaction need to be online at the same time. That's not mm -hmm. digital cash. Um, that's not digital money. Then right. you also have, you know, you've got a, a limit of seven TPS. And so that can also never be digital money. However, I don't actually truly believe that Ethereum and Bitcoin do believe that they're not. <laughs> money, you're, you're right. I, I guess, but they could they could never compete like with the speeds of Nano and the no fees part of things like that. 
that doesn't seem to be a capability for them. No, it's, I think it's more of an awareness issue, you know, and that's something that we are fighting. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is that there's, there's different currencies for different cases. But should that right? happen if one could do it all? <laughs> <laughs> I see. I, I mean, yeah, I, I see, I see what you're saying. Uh, yeah. And I guess I it's just time, right? It's just time yeah. and, and community development. It's, yeah. It's also it's it's you know it's recognizing innovation, and I think that's really it. And not you know this kind of goes back to my rose-tinted spectacles kind of analogy is you know if we weren't all so kind of maximalist and nihilist around what we supported and actually looked to the results and what was trying to be achieved i think if we if we looked as the users or you know as the world and looked at these technologies instead of what what we could personally make and this kind of the greed fashion which is absolutely fine mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. if we looked at what we are trying to achieve by these technologies and focused on the results and whether that was actually true and fit for purpose, then I think we would look at all of this in a very different way. Um, therefore, you know, innovation would really be at the forefront and no one would be bothered, you know, that something better than Bitcoin came along. Um, because <laughs> Yeah, that's always kind of been the sense, you know, what's more convenient? We've seen kind of over the last 20 years, especially in the last 10, groceries now get delivered through various different companies. And, you know, they are growing, especially through the pandemic. It's all about convenience. Our attention spans getting shorter. You know, we, we've got this insatiable need for content online and constantly being entertained. And I, th I think, you know, this all kind of rolls into sometimes you know we we must continue to look to better ourselves and better the technologies that we have and and make sure that they are for purpose in this growing new world and obviously sustainability um you know whether bitcoin or ethereum you know there are fees there are energy issues there is centralization issues that you know the whole sector faces and how can we create a centralized global economy is something that we all are trying to solve and i think you know with us the nano foundation we've always been quite clear if, if someone else comes along and does it better and you know we would join them because it's the result that matters it's not mm -hmm. about who does it um, that, yeah that was like that was kind of my next question was oh, around collaboration <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, you kind of had, had mentioned that um, you said, well, you know, what if we had just one that could do it all right. And, and so like, to me, like collaboration would be important because I don't know if there's one besides like, I, I guess for looking at it from like a human, like a, a resource, right, mm -hmm. where like water, wind, right, there's, you can't have different wind, you can't have different water, like it's all a natural resource. So I don't like a natural digital money probably like won't exist, right? it'll probably be some collaboration between certain things. I guess talk about collaboration and how do you work with other, whether it's cryptocurrencies or other, you know, developers on certain projects. Like, like you said, the goal is to sort of this decentralized global digital money. It's going to be more of a, probably going to be a team effort, right? So I guess talk yeah. about collaboration and just in general with, with projects. So I think kind of collaboration, I think, is um, uh, wholly missing from the cryptocurrency yeah. space. <laughs> feels, feels like it, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Exactly, you know, that we, and Nano is open source, and that really is, is what we are trying to push, is that anyone can do what the Nano Foundation is doing, and anyone can take Nano and, and mm. create their own changes and put it on the network, and decentralization can happen in front of our eyes, that the community can update their nodes, or the network can be updated in, in different fashions, if just, say, a release had 
one aspect that people wanted for the network um, hmm. versus another release. And that's something that we, you know, are open to. We're always looking for, for further development and for more inclusivity, I guess, on the development side. It's something that we definitely struggle with at Nano Foundation and we're trying to get better at encouraging people just to jump in. It's there for yeah. everyone. And, you know, whether that's, you know, increasing our documentation, making it very clear that, of course, Nano is here to be used. So let's build on it and let's explore who we kind of collaborate more with is kind of the incumbent world. And so we are working with a large kind of a huge FX project that's very very exciting and working with kind of incumbent players there using nano rather than i think the the collaboration that would ideally we'd love to see in the cryptocurrency space mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. i think the maximalism of each project and i have you know hold our hands up it's something that i think we all have had you know ourselves it's a highly competitive space that you know, people aren't that open to its collaboration so much but you know, from a coin team to a coin team. However, there's a, a lot of collaboration between services and for instance, Nano. So just say there is a service that's a new POS service that will allow Nano transactions um, in the real world yeah. through POS. You know, those are the companies- That's that huge, yeah. Yeah. exactly we'll collaborate with and the payment processes and we'll you know we're looking to collaborate more with a lot more of the companies that hold the key to the accessibility of nano right because um, obviously just being a pure currency we do not control or, or run any of the, the endpoints of being able to utilize um on off-ramp or on-ramp kind of you know inter interfere currencies so kind of where we see nano being and actually i have to say i do kind of slightly disagree with your point of the singular kind of water fashion is that you know in our minds and our goal is really for nano to be a digital global currency to allow on and off ramping from your local currency your fiat local currency and using mm -hmm. Nano when that's unstable or whether that doesn't suit or fit your purpose mm -hmm. so it's a slightly kind of a different angle that we're coming from i guess yeah. Um, but yes, as a whole, as a sector, I think there's probably a very uncollaborative fashion. However, the <laughs> communities are very collaborative in itself. I mean, our community is known as kind of the second most active after Bitcoin, considering how small we are. We have the most social users per billion dollar market cap, which is quite hmm. amazing. And that's what we are focusing on as users, it's not where we are in the market. It's how many people are using that. And that really is kind of our metric of success, I guess, when it comes to that side of things so you know the collaboration that we see within the communities within bringing um other people together or whether it's gotcha. or like collaborating with you know world cleanup day or mm -hmm. various mm. other kind of the ethos of sustainability and, and green tech collaborating with those yeah. institutions or any institutions that are looking at poverty and or period poverty in India or, um, you know, multiple different NGOs and alliances that we have in Africa that we're growing, such as Fitspur, which is the Financial Inclusion Alliance of Uganda, mm. or our communities out in West Africa and university alliances. Um, I've just become, um, I'm very honoured to become a new faculty board member of the Ziggurat Business School of Innovation and Tech, which means that we can now collaborate with a multitude of students and their ideas and you know how can we build upon that that's really the collaboration that we're working on um and i have to say you know we've probably got blinkers onto the wonderful possible collaborations that are within kind of the crypto space but unfortunately it is just you know i think the competitive nature of the space yeah. is it's yeah. difficult yeah. to know that 
Uh, I'll end on two questions here. And the first would be kind of going through maybe some more use cases of like what you see, you know, just in the field in general, like how are people, you know, using nano to make their lives better, right? We talk yeah. a lot about emerging markets and that's sort of where, you know, the pulse of all this came from and sort of its origins. What are some changes maybe you've seen in, in those markets and in, in those individuals and citizens' lives since sort of nano has been embedded within their community? That's a really good question. And actually, it's a wonderful example of how nano has really changed, you know, our communities lives and really kind of empowered people i'm often asked what success is and obviously there's this overarching goal of success but really the success is seeing individuals you know feeling empowered or being able to change their lives and one of those people is someone in our community lost their parents uh to COVID back mm. in uh, nepal uh well this time last year and picked herself up and she started selling masks um for nanny and so we then tweeted about it and she sent us a picture and we tweeted about it. And then the community all donated to her. She then set up a little mini shop and was, you know, being able to supply food and medicines and anything that was kind of needed to her local community. And now it's grown even further to then going around local schools and being able to teach students and kids around the possibility of blockchain and and mm. nano and what you can do and they have planting tree kind of community sessions where they all go out into the woods and go and plant trees that's all being paid for by nano now that is success and that is tangible success in front of our eyes which is just wonderful and so incredibly important and then on the kind of the larger scale of use cases you know when it and what we're kind of seeing in the world is you know and what we're very excited about is nano you know, as obviously a currency, but as a as a backend tool, if it was used in the backend of F of foreign exchange and trading, for instance, mm -hmm. on a global scale, you have in the incumbent FX markets, you have a two-day settlement period. And yeah. you have to put credit up to be able to partake in kind of, you know, this big boys game. Right. And right. Actually, we can all remove that by using nano in the back end um, and have a 0.2 settlement transaction time, therefore removing risk and liability of of you know trading institutions, which is incredibly exciting, while also being able to reduce a huge amount of overhead on fees. You know, if you look at small business being able to be able to you know cut their overheads as we kind of described earlier um, yep. and have more freedom of being able to accept a currency and being able to be paid for you know services we have a wonderful plethora I guess of talent and opportunity within our community and ecosystem I think what nano does is it's bringing people together you know whether from the western model developing worlds freelancers and skilled individuals that can you know plug into the digital economy and and really then exponentially increase their customer base for free you know and without borders yeah i mean that always that really nicely i think links back to you know can you imagine if 2.5 billion people could access <laughs> that world the innovation that's happen you know and can, that's that's so uh, such a huge percentage of the global population that we haven't even tapped into when it comes to innovation and how we can fix real world problems that is unbelievably exciting so i know with you know with nano anything that money touches you know we believe that nano can do better but when it even comes down to the fact that nano's scalability um and divisible side when it comes to 
to nano as an as an economic you know tool there are 133 million nano out in the world but there hmm. are actually 33 zeros behind that that are hidden um and so you can send 0.0000001 nano <laughs> you know in microtransactions that's paywalls that's internet money yeah. could be the currency yeah. of internet and we could start putting a value on content in such a different way. You can allow individuals to really start monetizing, you know, their skills and their talents on an individual basis with no middlemen, whether that's, you know, as a musician, artist, you know, having a small business, writing articles. That's really so exciting to be able to, and I, you know, I do think the word empower is so overused, but to empower a huge majority of the individuals on this planet who haven't been able to do so before. That's, yeah, that's incredibly exciting. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy what's possible, right? Yeah. I think it's just time, <laughs> it's just time, implementation, implementation, execution, all these it's things that, you know, it's, it's happening, I think, and it, it is happening in front of our eyes. I mean, our community is growing exponentially. And, you know, if you ever spend a second on our subreddit, every, and that's nano currency for anyone that's listening, but, you know, every other post is someone's come up with a novel new way of using nano within their local yeah. community. God, yeah. It's so inspiring. Um, and it keeps us going. I want to end on, we, you talked a little bit about success and maybe, you know, vision down the line. I know it's, it's tough to, to answer and, and you probably get asked a lot, but if you look at like the next decade, what does success look like for like the Nano Foundation? Like what are some of the, you know, goals or, or metrics that you would love to see like in a decade? I know it's a long time and things move really fast. <laughs> so I guess try to answer it, but be as ambitious as you want, I guess. I will be, I will. <laughs> we are an incredibly ambitious team. Um, you know, we're 11 people, which is madness, but around the world and then this huge mm-hmm. community. But crazy. We have, we've got a rather novel pathway ahead of us at the Nano Foundation. It's something that we have started to speak about quite publicly, is that for Nano as a currency and a global currency to really succeed, it requires the Nano Foundation not to put themselves first and to really create a decentralized currency. Um, And so what we, the current stages we're at now is that we are working towards this slightly wishy-washy term, which is commercial grade nano. Now, nano is free and and usable and it is being used today, um, as you can see um, on our network. But that point of commercial grade is where we feel that there's no new features that are needed to the nano node software. Um, You know, currency is actually pretty boring. We need it to be as efficient as possible, but there's going to be no, you know, fluff. It just Mm -hmm. needs to be simple and to work. And so once that point is reached, we're actually going to shut down the Nano Foundation as it currently stands in its current form. And we will reopen a new foundation that emulates the Linux Foundation, where Linux Mm -hmm. is a free tool that you can use. And the companies that are utilizing and making the most out of that are forming a democratic kind of board and foundational board around that technology to help secure it and to help push it further because they are reaping the rewards of using that technology. Now with Nano, what our plans are, are the companies that are utilizing Nano and are, you know, making those huge cost-saving benefits and, you know, enjoying that side of things, whether that's time or fees, will form this board around uh, Nano as a currency. And obviously we'll hope to continue maintaining it because of the benefits that they are seeing themselves. So 
that's kind of the stage of the Nano Foundation. And we're kind of, we're moving towards that. And obviously software is software and we can never put a time on, on when that time will come. And I think, you know, anyone that works in software knows you never give a, a, you know, a date. But, you know, we're looking at in the next year and year and a half, two years that that time will come. And we are creating an advisory board right now that we're bringing in some really exciting people to help advise us on this transition into a purely decentralized currency um, where Colin and myself, you know, take a back seat um, when it comes to actually pushing. Wow. Uh, yeah you know, actually, you know, being the face of Nano, because there should be no faces of Nano. Nano right. is there for everyone. And then on top of that, we have a few other companies that Colin and myself um, run, and we're really looking forward to pushing forward. We have a hardware company called Appia, where we've created a tiny module that's a couple of inches by a couple of inches that can fit into any automated payment machine and accept crypto um, on the spot. And so my dream is to start working towards electric car charging points, you know, hmm. um, ATMs, tolls, arcades, vending machines can all accept cryptocurrency. We are going to make it purely nano as we don't really see any other digital monies really coming through um, over the last kind of couple of years. And obviously we've been focusing on nano um, over the last year, especially. And then obviously we've got this very exciting new FX company that we are, will be looking to launch in the next couple of months and, and start being able to talk about a lot more, which will really be the game changer we feel behind kind of the global FX world and will cohesively work with Nano as a peer-to-peer -peer digital currency. And this FX company will provide the settlement layer to help Nano's growth on a global scale and providing easy on and off ramps into multiple different fiat currencies. So we have a long way to go, but you know, Nano as a currency and as the first kind of initial development, we are we're, we're nearing that that final step. And then the second kind of chapter, I guess, um, of being able to push Nano out and actually really tangibly change the world begins. It's uh, well, par pardon my French, but holy shit, yeah, that is <laughs> very ambitious. And I mean that 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 would change everything. I think yeah, when you if you can have hardware, you know, around the world being yeah. embedded into the the physical structure that's already there for for a lot of this stuff. Exactly. I mean, that, uh, that's pretty game changing. I think one of the you know the biggest problems that I think the sector is facing. Yeah, it's huge. No huge. one, no one's really that much focusing on actually using crypto in the real world. That's 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 what I I don't <laughs> I, understand it because like, that is Madness. such a low hanging. I mean, obviously it's difficult, right? I, you yeah. know, it's it's very very difficult, but it's also kind of a little bit of a low hanging fruit. It is where you, know. you can. I mean, it's that that to me is when you get the scale that you need to really make that transition exactly. uh, to a decentralized, you know, financial infrastructure. Exactly. And, you know, these modules that we've created, they have 2G fallback. They can work in underground car parks. They could work in the Sahara Desert if they needed to. And so it's really hmm. about creating the accessibility for emerging economies to move from a cash-based society to a digital cash society. And so that's what we have focused on ourselves is, you know, we have Nano this, the most efficient decentralized currency currently we mm -hmm. have our hardware really you know and we can't wait to dive back into Appia it has had a little hiatus over the last year dive back into that you know and be able to offer those accessibility points and then on the third side you know the final needed side is the settlement layer um, on a global FX scale and so we've basically been focused on the, on the trifecta of, of the global economy really um, and utilizing Nano's tech in, in really tangibly changing 
all those facets. Um, I think so, that'll yeah. really help like also with the educational side of like people really understanding what crypto is and what it can do. Because right now I think there's this very big disconnect of like- Absolutely, I agree with that. What, what, what does it do? I don't understand. It's just, <laughs> well, it's just, so like, it, it just buy art. Like it, it did, I don't get it, I don't understand <laughs> it. And it's just, and then they just move on, right? The, the, I get it and I get it because like, why would you want to complicate your life even further, right? But I think if you can tangibly show people in the real world, how digital can affect them personally, that's when you start to get the adoption at scale exactly. that I think we all want. And this comes back to fixing a real world problem and not mm -hmm. creating a solution to a problem that does not exist, which yeah. I do think 99%, you know, of crypto space sure. is. We're actually trying to pull ourselves out of being named a cryptocurrency, obviously. I agree. Are, no, I, it's, I know it's been stamped in the industry and it was a bad way to introduce the world to blockchain. Yeah. In the currency way, I think it set back the whole sector, unfortunately, because yeah, of that I'm branding. <laughs> I'm with you there, definitely. Um, you know, we have just released our um our new currency symbol um you know and we are kind of the second i think third behind bitcoin in doing so where we're really trying to put a this foundation in that nano is a real world currency and so you can now price things with you know a current symbol that's that fits so seamlessly alongside fiat currencies um you know we've just changed our ticker to be xno instead of nano so there's it is compliant iso compliant to be able to be used mm. you know, as a global currency and we're really trying to set those foundations in motion because we are goddamn ambitious <laughs> to make it happen <laughs> It's tangibly happening in front of our eyes, you know, it's starting. Yep. And yeah, I mean, God, I'm excited. I have to be honest. And I'm very glad you are too. <laughs> too. <laughs> Amazing. So. Well, thank you so much, George, for taking the time. It's, I knew it would be a great conversation. And I'm so grateful that you, you took time out of your busy day to do so. Best of luck to, to you and the team going forward and best of luck on these ambitious goals. But thank you so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Thank you so very much. And we should definitely do this again in six months time and see how that ambition has, uh, has worked out. I think would be very <laughs> good. Thanks everybody for listening to the episode. Just want to give a, a quick shout out to the Cause Artist Partners. Everyone who has signed up for it, um, truly appreciate it. I will uh, list the link in below so you can check them out. If you want to become a partner, uh, just go to causeartist.com slash partners. We'll talk soon. Thanks. Bye.